for me writing storytelling and creativity are different ways through which i can express myself be it my thoughts my ideas my feelings and everything in between these three modes of self expression are quite vital to me at a personal as well as a professional level i am also a trained uh, kathak dancer i've been uh, training in kathak for close to 19 years now and um you know sometimes when i fall short of words my body my face my entire physical existence helps me communicate uh, feelings that i cannot describe otherwise so i feel that you know in some way or the other writing and storytelling through bodily movements are forms of communication with myself as well as the people around me and amidst conversing with myself and the people around me there is an element of creativity that flows in the process so these three aspects that you have mentioned writing storytelling and creativity are interwoven for me they are not uh, separate identities and i don't think after a certain point i am able to segregate these three aspects because they all flow into each other they kind of you know uh, weave into each other they merge and they become one unit and that's what i kind of rely on to express myself to the best of my ability Hey everyone, welcome to the Closet Writer Chronicles. I'm your host Sangeeta aka Tumuri Marshmallow. You just heard our guest for today, Nenika Mukherjee. Nenika is a Kathak dancer with 18 years of training. She has a diploma with honors and a post diploma from Kathakendra. Parallelly, she is pursuing an MA in psychology and has also studied dance movement therapy. Currently, she teaches at Sampada Kathak Studio. Before we move into the conversation, I want to give a quick shout out to Zencaster Podcasting Made Easy. So, I've been podcasting for about 2 years now and I stumbled onto Zencaster while I was recording season 2 of the show. Though I only use the audio recording version, they have a video recording feature and you can now edit your episodes on the platform as well. If you're a podcaster looking for an all-in-one podcast workstation, then check out Zencaster. You'll find a special offer link in the description of this episode for which you'll get 30% off by using the code CLOSETWRITER. Now let's tune in to hear about Nanika's journey with dance and psychology. Hi everyone, welcome to the Closet Writer Chronicles. This week I have Nanika Mukherjee with me. Welcome to the show Nanika. It's so good to have you here. Thank you Sangeeta. Thank you so much for having me. 
how are you i'm good i'm good it's so great to have you here thank you for taking the time out on a saturday morning to do this um but yeah i mean uh, you know i've already mentioned in your introduction that you know you are uh, you've learned kathak and you're a dance movement therapist that's something you're also pursuing so i'd yeah. like to just pinpoint yeah. and no, yeah. i'm a dance therapy trainee practitioner so um, okay yeah <laughs> we have to get really technical here because i am still undergoing the whole course stuff we're in the last stages so i am a few months away from becoming a dance movement therapy practitioner until then i'm a trainee and uh, to be a therapist i have to do a separate registration and all of that so dance movement therapy practitioner trainee okay. so yes you're on the way to becoming a dance movement uh, therapist um but yeah I, before you know we get into all that i mean obviously i think the first thing i want to ask you is you know what is your earliest memory of being creative hmm uh my earliest memory of creativity um i think you know it's one of those uh, very cliche things when you start dancing to a song any song that comes on tv in your dancing my mother uh, told me this that before i would leave for school there was one track she had to play and i had to do like three circles of dancing and jumping only then would i be prepared to go to school i had to do that dancing so she would take 5 minutes out she play music and i'm just dancing 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 and then i'd be pumped to go to school i'd have this energy so we go back uh 20 years when it comes to creativity another thing uh, was i found pictures of me dancing uh my mom had uh, put me in a summer camp of sorts and uh, there were a lot of things so there was dancing singing horse riding even lots and lots oh. of things arts and crafts so there's a photo of me with your typical dolari step <laughs> so yeah i that this also is my earliest memory of being creative and of course you know uh, getting into my kathak class at the age of 7 learning uh, my first footstep so these two three things are my earliest memories of being creative they're all within similar dates definitely in a span of one year but different months so same time okay okay that's interesting that you actually had the opportunity to kind of explore different things you know at such a young age right you had that kind of um, opportunity and also freedom to do that which is which is nice um but having said that how did you know kathak start for you because you have been you know learning kathak for over well over 15 years almost 20 years right yeah almost 20 uh, years yeah yeah so i mean how did that uh, happen for you and you know what has that journey been like till now for you like you know what is the role of kathak that way in your life since i assume it is very close to your heart and you know a very integral part of your life and your being absolutely kathak happened by chance Okay. my mom and i were strolling we were taking a stroll at the park and there was this little poster that my mom stumbled upon 
regarding kathak classes so we were walking in a park and on our right there's this little room of sorts and uske darwaze pe there was a poster you know kathak classes starting from january 2005 something 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 and my mom just went to inquire for those classes and uh, the next thing i know is that i am in that room with my first guru learning tathi thetat athi thetat which is okay. basic footwork okay so i wasn't told anything from what i remember i would like to believe mujhe my mother did not say anything to me but i do know that she fought really hard to get me into dancing because she believes that every person must have at least one skill that you know helps them not not just monetarily but generally you know something for people to fall back on whether it is stress whether it's anything or just for fun something that a person must have so that you know they just because like i don't know how to exactly put this in words but you know for some it could be cooking it could be culinary arts for some it could be photography just learning something because you want to that one skill is really important so for me that happened to be dancing also um i mean i'm i'm probably drifting but i want to talk about how i decided that i wanted to learn dance in general not kathak but dance my brother used to learn dance from shamakdavar academy of dancing whatever shamakdavar institute of performing arts to be have and um, he would have been what some 15 16 years old and i remember he was wearing this black hat with a golden ribbon dancing away and uh, my mom had gone to receive him from the classes and she took me my uh, my brother and i have a 10 year age gap so okay. yeah so obviously she couldn't leave me at home so she took me along i was watching my brother dance and i was very mesmerized and i told mom you know i want to do the same thing mujhe bhi shamak davar wala dance seekhna hai i want to do what my brother is doing i don't know if it was because i really wanted to do what he was doing or if i wanted to spend more time with him that that thought is a little blurry in my head but i wanted to do what he was doing you know the same movements with the same hat and i thought that my mother's put me in those classes probably like a separate outlet or something it took me a long long time to realize that what i'm learning is not shamakdavar dance it's kathak oh okay <laughs> but i didn't say anything to her i just continued because i didn't I I don't know I never voiced my opinion about this. I Wait, so how far into the class did you realize that this was not Shamakdavar's <laughs> institute? Uh, a year maybe. I don't know. Oh wow, okay. <laughs> a long time. So yeah, at least a year into it I realized that nahi ye Shamakdavar dancing nahi hai. But uh, you know, it was uh, fun. whatever i learned from uh, my first guru shrimati swati sena ji and whatever i continue to learn from her till now because now i have 
the opportunity to work with her and under her so as a as a teacher as a kathak dance teacher so yeah so i always learn from her you know so i think we complete 19 years of association in january oh wow so i continue to learn a lot from her and that process has been so enriching and fulfilling yeah that's how my journey in kathak started and uh, i feel like i'm starting another journey in kathak the journey of teaching and learning while teaching and actually becoming a professional in terms of performing as well mm. so we're on to the next chapter so with that now so then what is that uh, transition like because obviously i mean you got into kathak with the whole interest of dance and just being in love with dance and wanting to learn right and obviously as a student like i can imagine you must have had a really um enthusiastic approach and that sort of appetite to learn right and now that you're kind of teaching what is that transition like from you know going from student to teacher to actually now being responsible for someone else's journey in a way because i think a guru is very important be it whatever not just dance because a mentor can really make you can it can really give you that finesse but can also really make you fall in love with the craft a lot more or and if it's not the right guru it can go either way you like you're really in that place where you can mold a student so you know what has that been like for you what do you think your experience has been like in terms of i assume you've just started teaching or i don't know if you've been doing this for a while but what has that been like for you in terms of just of becoming a teacher from going from student to teacher hmm hmm okay i started um like i said i started around 19 years back so i learned under my first guru for a good 11 12 years before i started my journey at kathakendra right at kathakendra i was uh, learning under my guru's guru पंडित राजेंद्र गंगानी जी आई लर्न फ्रॉम हिम फॉर फाइव इयर्स विच आई थिंक वॉज अ डिफाइनिंग पॉइंट फॉर मी इन टर्म्स ऑफ हाउ आई कुड अप्रोच कथक इन द रियल वर्ल्ड आई सी रियल वर्ल्ड बिकॉज द वर्ल्ड इन साइड कथक इंद्र इज अ डिफरेंट वर्ल्ड योर इन अब your in like four walls and whatever's happening inside a classroom or in that building is quite was quite different from what is happening now and this is obviously my personal experience so um, you know the shift from being a student to being a student come professional i would say because um, uh my approach towards kathak did change there was a time when you know i thought that this is not my calling i don't want to do this i cannot do this it's not me and uh, there were a lot of times when i felt like yeah main kahan aa gayi i think i'm stuck main phas gayi hu because this is not my thing and then um, i almost gave it up Right. I mean, I was like, "This is not me." One of the reasons why I gave it up was because of my health. 
I had uh, some health issues. So my body was not very supportive of, you know, the rigor that Kathak demands from a person. And uh, that's also how I delved into dance movement therapy. So I did dance movement therapy and then I came back to Delhi and um, I stumbled upon um, Swati Ma'am's workshop okay. in January this year. So it was a three-month intensive mm. uh, and uh, I felt like if I want to, you know, step back, now is my chance. And if it's my first guru, I know that I can do this because I've trained under her. But, um, you know, with my five years of institutionalized training at Kathakendra and 11 years under ma'am, I felt like maybe I can do this. So why not give it a try? That happened. I did the workshop for three months and I realized that things are so different in the outside world. Like the approach is so different and... You know, I should have trusted myself more in terms of being able to execute the art form and actually finding a footing here, right? And um, yeah, um, the workshop happened and I felt like, okay, I can actually do this. I just have to, you know, not give up. So I wouldn't say easily, but just not give up and show up even when the sun's not shining bright. <laughs> but um, yeah, baby steps. I took baby steps. And I think one of the reasons why I also came back to Kathak is because of dance movement therapy. Uh, dance movement therapy actually helped me fall in love with the process of movement all over again. Authentic movement, what we call. So the whole process of moving without you know, worrying about anything. Because what happens with Indian classical performing arts uh, is that, especially dance, is that you're so caught up in the idea of perfection that you lose sight of everything else. You lose sight of the process. You lose sight of learning. You lose uh, the sight of the joy that comes from being in the moment. You're so caught up with, okay, is my hand aligned? Is my head okay? Am I looking straight? Am I at 45 degrees or is it a 50? And how do I bring myself back to 45? So all these things really um, took away from the joy of dancing for me. Right. And uh, when I came back to Kathak, I also felt like I'm back in my safe place, my safe space, mm. which could also be under ma'am. You know, right. So um, that's how my journey of Kathak has kind of been as a student. And um, when we talk about transitioning from a student to a teacher, I, I was just, and maybe not teacher, but assistant teacher. I started off as an assistant teacher. That, that's a really um, interesting story. So my guruji, my first guru was looking for someone to handle uh, back-end work of her institution. And I was uh, trying to pitch myself for that. Mm -hmm. uh, she asked me, do you want to handle this? I said, yeah, I'll do it. 
because i really wanted to reconnect with her it had been a long time since you know i had spoken with ma'am and that whole uh, stint at kathakendra for 5 years and then going to bombay and coming back um created a disconnect for me with her and i really wanted to work on that bond again i wanted to restore whatever you want to call it and for me i was like yeah, i'll take up anything in terms of work she had also posted an advertisement for an assistant teacher at her institution and the thing was uh, the the requirement was 5 years of teaching experience oh okay. which i did not have i'll be very honest i had like beach me i did take tuitions okay so i would teach one or two kids that went on for around 2 years on and off but that was it nothing i did not advertise i did not do anything about it there was there was a requirement for someone in my colony to learn dance and i said yeah i'll take it up and i did and then i don't know it just fizzled out it didn't work out at that point of time and i thought you know maybe i can transition into being an assistant teacher as well Hmm. So I had responded to that, and I personally went and told Ma'am, Ma'am, I saw this, and I would like to. And she asked me, "Do you have experience?" No, I don't. She said, "Okay, we will see what we can do about it." And then she, some days later, she said, "Okay, you start coming with me. I will take classes on these these days. Just come with me, sit and." you know just be there in the class so i showed up it was a wednesday i remember um march somewhere in march uh i think mid march i got a call from her and she said uh, are you free on this 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 day i said yeah she said okay so you come you just show up and i was with a friend and i just looked at my friend and i said uh, okay so i think my first guru wants me to be with her while she takes a class he said isn't that what you wanted i said yeah and now that it's happening i don't know how to feel about it i was excited and nervous so i was there and then i saw her taking a class and that is the day my training began to become an assistant teacher so that marked from march to i think august i underwent teacher training with her okay so i would show up at least twice a week if not more sometimes thrice a week sometimes four times a week but i would show up and uh, i would observe how she teaches and then she slowly let me take classes i tried and uh, she gave me room to make a lot of mistakes which is extremely important as a mentor mm. you know yeah you can't this is like you know what helicopter parenting is right yeah it's like yeah, yeah. yeah you can't do that with someone who's trying to learn and she doesn't believe in that and um, yeah she she just gave me room to be myself make mistakes she made it really clear that um even if one of us messes up we have to be smart enough to you know kind of 
come around that right would it it not it's not just you it could be me too and you know uh, having that self awareness is also very important because i have noticed that the higher and higher you get like in terms of your position yeah your mentor as a guru in a field like this the more uh, you feel like you know i'm perfect and i cannot make mistakes so it is very refreshing for me to even hear that you know it's not just you who would make mistakes some days i'll be making mistakes too and uh, we have to be there to you know kind of come together as a team and work towards that hmm so you know she never made me feel like i'm working under her she always made me feel like we are equals with together she said you are not above me you are not below me i am not above you we are working together we are equals and that's how i'm going to treat you what whatever the equation was when you had started learning from me is not going to exist when it comes to work you are i cannot approach you as a student when it comes to this so that is also something you need to understand and uh, i think i'm in the process of understanding that right now that so that internal transition from being a student to being someone who works with her has been um i think it's been fruitful but it's also been equally challenging we have our i have my days you know where i feel like things are going south but okay. more than more often than things going south i feel like things are looking upwards for me and there and there's finally some hope that's being restored so it's a great feeling and as for being responsible for someone else in terms of because you know you're teaching them it's a very very scary feeling honestly yeah. you know being on the other side it's so scary i cannot tell you because not only um you know um you can't scold people in today's day and age right you have to be really sensitive about people how they feel you have to be very careful about the words you choose the tonality yeah. in which you you're trying to explain things to them so i sometimes i feel like i'm walking on eggshells i'll be really honest with you but um, you know being a student now teacher like in the process of becoming a teacher i also want my uh, students to not have the kind of inhibitions i did i want them to feel safe in the space where they learn i don't want them to think that you know oh this is just another class or whatever but honestly i mean if they if that's how they think i would want to try to change that but i also know that i cannot force them into changing that mindset yeah, yeah. right so there's always that thought i am struggling with uh, the responsibility of showing up on time setting everything up making sure that you know things are not like haywire right. there is an order there's a decorum 
that is being followed and maintained in class is essential um sometimes i feel like i want to be uh, you know how in school we always had a teacher whom we really liked like a cool yeah. teacher like yeah she yeah. <laughs> you know sometimes i feel like i want that validation from <laughs> people who learn i yeah. don't want to call them students because honestly they're not my students they are my gurus students so i don't want to use the term students but definitely the uh, children who come because they're quite young they can call them children so i want them to think of me as someone you know whom they can be um open with if there is a problem if there is something that they don't like i want them to find me approachable enough to come and tell me that hey this isn't working out or can we find a way around this because that is the equation i now have with my guru my first guru and she has always created and maintained that space to be able to talk to her to approach her especially in times of crisis and she's also given us the freedom to you know find a way around things it never a my way highway with her it's always a, we are a team if you have a solution that thing that you think works best you let me know and then we can deliver it on it and we can move forward it's not when this is mine so you do as i say never 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 in these 19 years have i ever felt like that so yeah my process has been really smooth i feel like very smooth sailing i feel like it could have been turbulent had i been working elsewhere but i feel i also feel like sangeeta i've had the privilege of getting the best educators right right yeah that makes so, a difference yeah so um swati ma'am is uh, one of my uh, bade guruji's senior most disciples okay and um, uh, bade guruji as in pandit rajendra gangani ji um he has traveled the world like his second home is the airplane because okay. you never find him in delhi we're all based in delhi you'll never find him in delhi it's very rare you one day he'll be in the states the other day he'll be in bombay performing and then from bombay he'll be somewhere in uh, australia uk you don't know because he's always hopping from one place to another but you know whenever he's there he is so present and he makes you feel so present that you don't feel like he had gone anywhere you mm. know so yeah. having that kind of a mentor the, a, a guru that makes you understand the importance of being present in the moment it's also so important that and is true he he uh, has won many prestigious awards he's been uh, felicitated by the sangeet natak academy and uh, my first uh, guru shrimati swati sinha ji she won the uh, bismillah khan yuva puraskar earlier this year so um, you know having that kind of um, uh, i don't know recognition 
and not and also not letting it get to your head you know that you've been uh, you've been awarded by uh, the government of india by the cultural sector of the of the indian government and uh, still not having any like i don't know uh, ghamand about yeah. you know i have got this i have got that being grounded and ensuring you stay as grounded as they are if not more is so important i academically speaking i also went to one of the best day boarding schools in the country and uh, having that kind of an educational background has made a lot of difference in terms of how i approach things in the day to day world even uh, my communication skills even though they're not the best i feel like my verbal communication is far better than most people because of the education i've had because of the teachers i've had because of the resources that they have provided to us and their availability that's why i always believe that teachers and mentors make it or break it for you like you said the importance of a mentor is so profound that you know it's it's also really undervalued i feel yeah a lot is, of people, a lot of people don't realize that uh, having good teachers makes all the difference very much yeah if there is anyone if if for uh, for children if there is anyone whom you're spending the most time with after your parents or your caretakers are your teachers so you know being around them understanding and and imbibing that environment is essential so yeah i think bahut lamba ho gaya but <laughs> I, i may have missed the point of your question also no but i i think no it was basically like how you're finding that transition but i think like from what i can understand is you're obviously still in a sense you're a student on that journey of becoming a teacher also right now um and i think it's very clear that what you're kind of aspiring to be right as a teacher with how the relationship you share with your teachers your that's kind of what you're going for with your students uh as well which which is really cool and because the reason again like i brought this whole teaching thing up is because even i started teaching like writing workshops in the pandemic which was so like you know and for me i didn't like and i'm pretty much a self taught writer like yes you know whenever i can like i and i've been fortunate again to have uh, you know certain mentors who really like guided me in terms of writing whatever i know about writing today a lot of it is because you know thanks to certain people like you know again i have to give a shout out to bound here based in bombay um michelle de costa uh, ashwarya zawalgarkar tara khandelwal like they're the ones who really gave me my foundation in terms of understanding different forms of writing pragya bhagat like i've had the opportunity to learn from them and i think when you have that opportunity to learn from teachers who can give you that sort of foundation it inspires you also to be able to do that for someone else right and facilitate that's a similar kind of space for them so you know i could relate a lot to what you were saying i mean in terms of writing obviously for you it's dance um but yeah i mean more power to you and you know and more power because you're doing so well i mean you have a whole podcast you're taking workshops and uh, you're doing so much and i think that's great i write i won't call myself a writer but i do write 
I have been really lucky to be able to land some paid gigs in writing. Yeah. And um, again, that was because uh, the person who gave me those opportunities, um, Bibin Balan, he believed in me and he gave me the freedom to write however I want to write, to, you know, just uh, frame my sentences however I want to. And then he told me that, you know, like he gave me good input that, you know, if you could change this around, check the tone of this, whatever, whatever, little integrities. But uh, again, those things make a lot of difference, right? So I'm again back to the point of how proper guidance really helps you in the long run. And if you are stuck with um, mentors who are all about themselves, I did this, I did that, because I'm sure we've come across some people who, you know, uh, can, who in the guise of mentors are all about themselves. I'm sure you also would have come across some people like that, that they just want to project their achievements and not uh, focus so much on how to impart that skill to the people who want to learn. Yes. It's mostly self-marketing. And unfortunately, I feel like we are also moving towards that in today's day and age where people just want to market themselves, market their skills without actually teaching them how to, you know, use that skill in the right way. And or what know, works best for them, basically. Yeah. I would like to segue into storytelling over here. So Abhinay, the, the expressional aspect of dancing is an fully an uh, important is an equal and important as well as an integral part of kathak in fact kathak has the word katha which means story so uh, there was this uh, a, a not proverb but there's a saying ki katha kahe so kathak kehlave as in the person who tells stories is known as a kathak or a kathakar mm. A, story, a storyteller, basically. Storyteller, basically. So uh, when it comes to uh, these expressional aspects and how you want to present those pieces, whether it's a song, it's a, any any type of song, whether it's a bhajan or a thumri or even a poem for that matter, it doesn't have to be a song. Uh, we've always got a lot of creative freedom in terms of how you want to execute it. It's never been that you know, uh, how you can play with words also. That is also really important. And, uh, you know, so having that kind of freedom is essential for people who are in uh, storytelling to be able to find the narrative that fits best for them. Yes, that is true. That I agree. So yeah. That, yeah. Uh, that is also extremely important, even in writing, I suppose, you know, you don't always have to write in a particular way. There are certain parts that require more emphasis so that not only are you able to put your point across, but the other person can also understand where you are coming from and why that particular aspect required more emphasis than the rest. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think with writing, the thing is, I feel, I feel like there's so much 
evolution just in terms of of course you still have um the purists who believe in being technically correct with certain forms of writing and you know what not and you know with grammar and structure and everything and of course you have people who are kind of changing that up and you know who are really like really changing the rules and doing kind of playing around with form and doing their own thing um and of course there's always a sort of clash between you know that sort of traditional uh form of writing and this sort of new wave of like writers who have come up and are kind of playing with form and doing their own thing uh they don't always sit well with each other of course or uh, there are cases where writing has evolved and has has been like more accepted um but of course i think that clash is always there uh, i'm sure i assume you find that with dance as well right with kathak as well but you know having said that i want to talk about uh, your time at kathak kendra because it is a sort of institution where you do go to study and it's it's very serious it's obviously very you know hard on technique and you know a sort of pure form and really sticking to the roots and basics of it um so what was like how did you decide first of all to go to kathak kendra and you know just what has your experience been like studying in an institution like that and what is kathak kendra before listeners who may not know that also okay i um okay i'll start with what is kathak kendra uh kathak kendra defines itself as a unit of sangeet natak academy Sangeet Natak Academy is a body that encompasses uh, arts and culture. Okay. Uh, and it's a part of the Ministry of Culture under the Government of India. So um I hope that explains it. So it's a center for Kathak which is essentially under the Government of India through like multiple specializing yeah so yeah. specializing in the dance form yeah. Correct. and uh, it is also a national institute of kathak so it's kathak kendra the national institute of kathak dance so that's the whole <laughs> that's the entire name of the place so kathak kendra is just a short form it's a shortened name of the institution so that's pretty much what kathak kendra is about how uh, i got into it like all things this was also accidental in my life okay it was as accidental as me starting to learn kathak i was 18 and um, you know this is 2016 i'm talking about 2016 where uh, you know how delhi university had 100% cut offs yeah 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 oh god yeah and uh, me uh, being in cbse uh, just to give uh, your listeners a context regarding my academics i almost passed my midterms in school okay like i had good 33% and i had to beg my teachers yaar 1% ek mark idhar ek mark udhar so that i could pass like the cut off was 33% i needed a 34% so that i don't fail right and so that was my dasha in school ki i hated studying i hated academics and that was a concern for my parents because you know if i'm getting 33 34% in my midterms then how am i going to perform in boards and how will i get into a college and what will my life be afterwards so um 
somehow I managed to get 90% in my CBSE board. And uh, the exam that I'm talking about where I got 34% with the help of grace marks, I scored the highest in that subject. I ended up getting a 95%. That was my oh, wow. <laughs> paper. I scored really high. And uh, I mean, whatever my sociology teacher was also very shocked about it. We were all shocked that I managed to get 90% in boards. Because the highest I ever got in my 11th and 12th combined was 60%. And to celebrate that, my father got me a cake. Like, thank God, this woman is doing something. At least she's studying. So uh, I got my marks. But when we saw DU cutoffs, I had no hope that I would get into a regular college. So my dad did some research and uh, he thought that Kathak Kendra would be a good place for me to go because not only do I have 11 to 12 years of training in Kathak, I I have good training. So um, yeah, with all that uh, training and everything, my dad thought, okay, I can try for Kathak Kendra and I had the, and I had my basic requirement in place. They needed someone who's completed their 12th they needed someone who has at least five years of basic training. And this is for the advanced course. So there is an elementary course. There's an advanced course. And in elementary, you have multiple courses. In advanced, you have two courses. So I thought, yeah, okay, I'll wing it. Matlab, I have 11 years of training, man. I can do this. I had, right. I had sky high level confidence. Like I will nail it. Until I entered the building and I saw like 20 other dancers all dressed up. When I, when I got a letter from the institution saying, you know, wear, wear a simple suit. It is written in Hindi. So, sada suit pehenke aana hai, preferably white. For, okay. I was like, preferably white. Hai na? So, I can wear anything and go. So, I just wore my mother's work suit. Like, oh. What she wears to go to work and come back. Plain, simple cotton suit. And uh, I went there. And uh, I see all these people in white costumes. Okay, with proper makeup. People have textbooks in their hands. And they are devising things. And (laughs) my confidence uh, just fell down. And how? Like it hit rock bottom and beyond. I said, I cannot do this. What did I think? What was I thinking? How would I do this? And uh, such such learned people, such educated people in, in their own way, of course. And that's when I also realized education is also not about, you know, going to a good school, learning English and yeah. having good vocabulary. It's beyond. It's how you carry yourself in the real world hmm. you don't have to be fluent in english to consider yourself educated yeah that it, education is so much more than that so i i got a proper reality check not just a cultural shock right and i thought i mean agar ye bhi nahi hua mujhse fir to mujhse kuch nahi hoga life mein what will i do so just sitting and uh, everyone's in white and I'm the only one who's wearing this blue and red kurta and my mom had just braided my hair 
And my mom said, listen, these people are damn uh, dressed up. I said, yeah, what do we do? She said, you take my bindi and wear it. I'm giving you my bangles. Please wear my bangles. Uh, you tie your dupatta the way they have tied their dupatta. Don't tie it like this. So all that. Uh, I remember asking someone uh, for, you know, lipstick. I said, excuse me, can I please borrow your lipstick? She just looked at me and she said, yeah, you can, but you don't have to do anything. I said, you are so dressed up. You can't tell me that I don't have to do anything. I at least have to look decent enough to, you know, show my face to the people who would be interviewing me. She said, no, you know, simple is best. I'm like, yeah, sure, simple is best. <laughs> Give me your lipstick. I, I kind of got my makeup and everything. I was still shaking. I had no confidence. I went in. I saw uh, two gurus sitting over there and uh, they asked me, Kya karoge? <laughs> I said, I'll do footwork for you. Basic. I, and I said, footwork? Why, why will you do footwork? I said, I'll show you uh, Kramle. So again, for the listeners, Kramle is uh, a chronological order of increasing the speed of your footwork. Okay. So Kramle goes from 1 to 8. So there is also odd numbers like 3 and 7 and all that and getting them in bars of 4. So oh, Wow, okay. Yeah, that's... So that's really complicated. I said, I'll do Kramle. And uh, in, in my practice of Kramle, we had never done, uh, you know, 5 and 7 and all of those funny, funny numbers. Um, for me, it was very simple. Started with 1, 2, 4... Six and eight, all easy numbers. Uh, yeah. And that's what I did. And I'm at it. I'm just doing footwork like crazy. And 10 minutes, I just did footwork over there. And then uh, when I stopped, they asked me, what about odd numbers? Where was five in this? Where is seven in this? You did not. You said you will show order. I just looked at them. I said, oh, okay, I mean, I'll try if you want me to do it again. They said, no, no, no. When you start your classes, you do all this in your class. You can go. I just looked at them and said, I'm, and I'm just thinking what happened. I just, <laughs> and no one else did footwork. And my exam was, uh, my interview was easily the longest interview. People are showing, you know, so many movements. They're spinning, covering the space. People are cross-questioning. And it got over in some five, seven minutes. And so for me to stand in one place and just do Tati Theta, Tati Theta was like, okay, this girl has some training. And, um, oh, I forgot an important detail. So my Bade Guruji was also sitting over there. So Ooh, okay. I was like, okay, someone is sitting, someone I know, like some a familiar face is there. Koi to Guruji looked at me. I looked at Guruji. And then Guruji got up and left before my interview was about to start. He just got up and left. Oh my God. And then he attended a phone call and he did not come back. How anticlimactic. He did not come back and I was so scared. I was like, the one person I knew, you know, he's not there. Now what do I do? And then uh, after some days, I got my letter of admission that I got into Katakendra. And uh, my classes start from July and I have to show up. I was excited. And uh, about DU admissions, 
I actually skipped my uh, admissions, my uh, ECA quota to show up for my Kathakendra exam, uh, my interview, not exam, interview. So that's how Kathakendra happened because I ditched Delhi University. And I did not know if I made it through the first round of ECA. I was so underconfident. It is after the Kathakendra exam, I realized that I was in the top 10 of my ECA thing. Oh. So I could have gotten into any college I wanted to because I had the marks. I, I got the scores and everything. I guess it's destiny in a way that I ended up at the place. So my time at the place was, again, very challenging. I won't make this very long. Uh, it was very challenging. Like I said earlier, I did not know whether I wanted to pursue it or not. After yeah. so many talented dancers, you know. Uh, my self-confidence was always at an all-time low for four years. I was there for five years. So I did three years of my honors and two years of post-grad diploma in a way. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're equivalent mm-hmm. to a post-grad, which is known as a post-diploma. So my three years of honors, diploma with honors, was um, insanely difficult insanely difficult because my body was not accustomed to that kind of rigor you know right waking up at i forgot what it was like to wake up at uh six o'clock in the morning and uh although i used to wake up for uh, school at 5 30 but you know there's when your body undergoes a break and then to push yourself to wake up early and then take a metro and then all of those things. So my body was never used to that kind of uh, rigor or that kind of exertion. Because I grew up in a very protected, shielded environment. If I had to go somewhere, I had a personal car and a driver that would uh, take me wherever I wanted to go. Yeah. I uh, still have this curfew of coming home before sunset. So... um. You know, time and everything was already pre-decided for me. I did not have to do anything. So for me to figure my time, calculate and then catch the metro at some 7.30 in the morning, 8 in the morning, all of this felt like a struggle to me. And I, sound, I know I sound very privileged and entitled when I say that catching the metro at 7.30 is a struggle for me. But okay, was time was not now I can do it, but my parents also were like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, I think, I mean, if everyone's managing it, I also have to manage because sure. when I was in school, everyone would come in, you know, Audis and Range Rovers and Land Rovers. And it was a rich, rich school. Like, that's That school really spoke money. And for... For me to transition from that environment to an environment like Kathakendra where people are taking buses and walking and, you know, like struggling in the metro was like insane for me. It was absolutely insane. And um, again, yeah, I sound very privileged when I say that, but I will not deny that Kathakendra really taught me a lot about my life, my place in the society, not just in the building, but in the society, 
how well off I am, how yeah. uh, comfortable a life I'm living. Yeah. And, you know, because my life was also so comfortable, I did not realize the importance of hard work. Actually yeah. putting yeah. <laughs> in the work. And uh, because everything was handed to me on a plate, like a platter, you want money, we have. It was a lot like that. So I also didn't feel the need to go out and network and, you know, make a place for myself in the fraternity. In fact, I'm learning how to do that now. And I feel like maybe I am seven years too late into it. But I have to start from somewhere. So Katakendra taught me more than just dancing. It taught me how to... Uh, carry myself professionally it also taught me what to say when and where mm. uh, yeah if that if that can be counted as a good thing i don't want to take it as i don't want to frame that as a negative thing but it is really important to you know understand to be diplomatic yeah to be diplomatic and so also understand the context around you diplomacy is never a bad thing like yeah no for sure it's not yeah no i've come across a lot of people who think oh yeah no this person's so diplomatic yeah it really saves you that is something i've realized i'm not being diplomatic by saying that but yeah and uh it definitely helped my craft 100 i will uh the the fine tuning the understanding the nuances of the craft uh that came in through Kathakendra. Understanding and admiring Kathak theory came from Kathakendra. So a lot of people at Kathakendra uh, go with go to the institution with the intention of becoming good performers. Right? And I knew I did not have that performing gene in me. I still don't have the performing gene in me. But uh, I love reading. I haven't had the time to do it now, but I love reading. I love knowing the context of things. And so uh, my theory classes were a delight. I loved it. I used to score the highest in theory. I used to be that kid with, have you seen those Tedlow pens, the 36 color Tedlow pens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And this huge uh, classmate notebook with like yeah, yeah, yeah. 300 <laughs> pages. Yeah. I'm that kid. <laughs> One big fat notebook, pens. Uske alawa, I had a pencil, I had an eraser, I had a sharpener, I had a scale, I had a glue stick, I had a whiteboard. So, loaded with stationery, always carrying a notepad, rigorously making color coded notes, okay? And, wow. uh, and people would look at me with like these eyes, like, who's this woman? But I story classes. I loved sitting at the library. You know, in fact, uh, it is uh, because I was spending some time in the library that I started my blog. Oh, really? So that's how you started writing in Kathakendra. I started writing. I was oh sitting my God. in the library randomly. And uh, there's this Hindu ka newspaper. And I had made notes from an article I read on the wire. 
and this is damn oh. time when people are practicing like crazy and i was getting overwhelmed so i just i went through those notes and then i saw and then i read an article on the hindu about performing arts something to do with indian classical arts and uh, where it's headed and um i just sat for hours and hours and hours my phone on silent i'm making notes notes by notes notes by notes and i filled so many pages um, and then i realized hey i can write something about this maybe you know why not actually restart a page because i had a blog before this but i took it down the day i did yeah like i just took that whole page down i realized it was very cringe for me to personally go through that we all had our moments where we write things that seem so cringy like yeah. <laughs> i wrote them when i was some 12 13 14 years old and okay bada char saal mein mera evolution ho gaya nahi i can't i cannot relate to this anymore i don't want to relate to that anymore yeah <laughs> so yeah i restarted a blog that's when my father was really supportive my father was after me to start writing you just start writing you don't have to be good writing is also he told me that writing is a skill that will get better with time like the more you yeah. practice it it will get better but you also have to develop a habit of reading true and reading came in very late in my life my parents bought me so many books i read none of them when i was in school and only during the pandemic did i start reading okay so it's as late as the pandemic that i fell in love with reading and you know i came across jhumpa lahiri's work i came across in school we read amitav ghosh also a, a range of authors and beyond do you have hmm do you have any favorites no like i have not read enough to have favorites honestly um, or anything that's like really struck you like wow this is amazing every book i read makes me feel like that but you know a book that i constantly want to go back to is whereabouts by jhumpa lahiri oh my god i just recently read that it's so crazy like i read that a few weeks ago and it's and i actually had the exact same conversation with my last guest i recorded with uh, anisha palat oh. so even we discussed that book so i i feel like this is now a recurring book in this season now that's going to come <laughs> but that book but yeah. blew my mind you know yeah uh, i yeah so that book is something i want to go back to again and again Uh, I'm currently reading a man called. Uh, oh, okay. I've not read it, but I've heard a lot of good things about. I it. Uh, I had read Anxious People. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, I have uh, Sally Rooney's um, Normal People. Yeah, I have it in my TBR. Okay. Uh, there's a lot. I also have less. Uh, in my TBR. Oh, if it, less is in my TBR too. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so there's, uh, there's another book. Uh, These precious days by Anne Patchett. Yes, yes, yeah. I think that's one of. Uh, she wrote the Dutch House as well. I, I'm not sure if she wrote this one after the Dutch House or But, before. But uh, These Precious Days was my was a book that was very close to me, and. Uh, there's this uh, graphic novel called lighter than my shadow oh okay yeah 
which is about uh, how a person struggles with an eating disorder so um, yeah so that's uh, also yeah because i study uh, psychology that was also an interesting read for me and because it had pictures you know uh, yeah and very um well thought pictures nothing that made me uncomfortable per se because you know it, eds and uh, just disorders in general are a very sensitive subject and to be able to portray that so that the readers are also okay with that idea ki ha ye hota hai and not get uncomfortable by it uh, that is uh, that is a very tough job to do as a writer as an author specifically so that book also is very close to my heart so these yeah these three books otherwise um honestly i'm not the biggest fan of self help books every self <laughs> about how you do need a self help book and that it's all about discipline and i'm just like i'm wasting my money on this i don't like you know like, uh what are these um books yeah um see a oh, atomic habits atomic habits i don't know i haven't read that book i've not been inclined to read that book Uh, yeah, I've had so many guests mention that book on my season though. I don't care. I've not read it. I've not read it so I can't comment but yeah. There's um there's this book called 12 Rules of Life by Jordan Peterson. I don't want to read that book. Mujhe ko padhna hi nahi. I don't like self-help books. I'm so sorry for people who have bettered their life because of self-help books, but for me it's always been that standard thing that it all starts from you. yeah right? that is true and, and you don't need to spend so much money to understand that it all starts from you if you really want to go somewhere go to youtube you have so many <laughs> ad talks that will tell you the same thing and you don't have to pay anything for it yeah. <laughs> um, no i mean i think it's like different strokes for different folks yeah, right i'm sure I mean, i'm sure i'm just saying for me yeah yeah no no for sure Yeah, I don't. I, I think this is one of those moments where Katakendra's lesson of knowing what to say when plays. <laughs> yeah, I thought. I mean, see, Ikigai is a great book. I would go back to Ikigai, but that is the only book I'll go back to. I won't um, go back to self-help books. Um, no, it's never worked for me. I no, am- that's fair because I know a lot of people for whom like self help books don't work either. They prefer like obviously like watching something or they have different ways of imbibing that same lesson or whatever. Right, the book is trying to say, but it's so it's interesting to kind of get those two like those multiple perspectives because I've had guests on the show like a couple of them who vouch for Atomic Habits. I've not I've not read it, so I I really cannot comment on the book. I also haven't um, read it. That's why I did not want to say specifically. Uh, I did not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say something very specific about Atomic specific. Habits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because I know that is one book that has really like. changed like people's view perspectives on you know basically self improvement like i think someone i really like i mean again i've not read his work but i'm very inclined to read his work is uh, adam grant uh because organizational psychology and i i really like like the snippets he posts his articles i've read a few of them which i've really liked so i am very curious to read uh, his I, books i am a fan of adam grant's uh, instagram posts <laughs> 
and yeah yeah no yeah on instagram so yeah even uh, brene brown i think she's someone whose work i'd love to read i watched her talks watch that ted talk uh, video of hers about shame mm, i think i keep forgetting. yeah because that's the one i think that went viral if you're talking about that mm. one yeah uh, she's done a bunch of uh, talks though yeah, but she's amazing but and she, she has a great uh, netflix show called uh, call to courage hmm but uh, this one brene brown uh, video really changed the power of vulnerability yes yeah okay yeah i power know of vulnerability. Yeah. so that uh, really changed the way i approach movement and uh, storytelling so uh, i watched that on my own first when i was going through a really low phase in life and then uh, my professors at tata institute of social sciences showed uh, showed the same video to me when we were studying dance movement therapy so you know the whole concept of guilt and shame and uh, how vulnerability is so important all of that it, it shifts you it really shifts you or shift shifted me at least i remember there were extensive discussions about how it is important to just sometimes let your guard down if you really want to express yourself you have to be one with yourself to be able to do that uh, that is something a lot of people don't understand or realize uh, it's like the concept of you know how you can't separate art from the artist yeah yeah they are one entity so that's that's an interesting i I think that's i'm going to reserve that topic for maybe another bonus episode panel discussion (laughs) the art versus artist debate because i think that that's a debate that can go on forever a discussion that can go on agreed agreed yeah um but yeah coming to you know psychology because obviously i mean you spend so much time in kathak kendra learning dance and kind of pursuing this sort of avenue right of being a professional dancer i believe that is what you initially did set out to do but then the shift happened to psychology right uh and now of course you're pursuing dance movement therapy so how did that happen for you like you know what shifted for you and you said that this is something i would like to do okay so psychology was one of those subjects in school i really liked um i remember our first chapter in uh, class 11 something about personality and self and from that chapter i knew that you know i wanted to pursue something in psych i did not know about the situation of psychology and psychologists in india at that time but i was very drawn to that subject so cut to boards when i realized that i scored the lowest in psych i was quite heartbroken um i was uh, i thought that my dream of becoming a psychologist is over and mm-hmm. psychology cut also 100% you look at lsr and miranda and uh, hindu and uh, i'm not yeah. hindu, i don't know but yeah yeah delhi colleges are famous 100% cut off if you don't get you don't get it <laughs> and i'm just wondering how do people get 100% cut off so anyway that happened and uh, that's so that put a stop to my thing of psychology and uh, cut to pandemic my father found uh, this course via igno masters in psychology 
and he asked me like do you want to do this so i found this course for you you wanted to pursue psychology i said i did but how can i do it now because you know like jumping from school level to a masters without a bachelors is quite tricky but the requirement was also very basic you just needed to do your graduation in any subject and you needed 50% in your graduation so i with a struggling 54% was able to apply and get through and it happened so that's how my masters in psychology happened but uh, so the course actually for self studying is quite extensive i will give them that and uh, there's this horrible aspect of research and stats and <laughs> that you have to do which i hate i hate numbers i hate learning you know these formulae and things like that it's not my it's not my jam mereko nahi acha lagta so um luckily i graduated i i'm uh, not graduated i was able to pass my first year because i did not have to sit for exams because covid had risen again so the university said um is batch ke bachcho ko we will just pass them yeah clear aage badho second year now i'm kind of struggling with my second year because ignu gives you around 4 years to complete your masters and my dissertations taking a lot of time sometimes i'm just not able to sit on it uh, i feel like i've chosen the topic so close to my heart that i'm so comfortable with i'm like ha theek hai ho jayega but my topics also on dance and movement okay and how it impacts stress and mental health levels amongst the youth so that's what i'm struggling with but uh, the psychology happened because pandemic and it gave me something to do but it is only very recently that i attended internships you know so i had uh, i had the opportunity to go to karma center to do a small workshop training uh, series on uh, psychotherapy so we learned i relearned cbt dbt rebt which is a uh, cognitive behavioral therapy uh, cognitive behavioral therapy rational motor behavioral therapy all these models you know uh, but uh, what helped was uh, them teaching us how you can apply techniques in your practice which is something a lot of courses don't do or so i've been told at least see ignu can't do it because it's anyway an online distance learning thing nahi hoga but uh, from what i have heard like at least in colleges very few universities are able to bridge the gap between theory and practice true to whatever extent possible i understand there are many ethics and you know um, legalities that uh, you have to be very careful about when it comes to psychology you can't uh, if you want to uh, learn how a session go you can't sit in a session and observe how a session is happening you're infringing on someone's privacy aapko nahi kar sakte yeah i actually want to mention a book here which uh, is actually like a memoir um it's called uh, it's by this korean writer uh, i forget her name but it's called i want to die but i want to eat takboki so it's basically this author's um insight into her therapy sessions 
so she literally so she's actually taken consent from her therapist and she's written chapters in the book so you really get to see the nuances of what therapy sessions are like and how medications are prescribed for her and what her experience with therapy is another book like. that will come uh, that will be really helpful which i forgot to mention in my favorites list was maybe you should talk to someone oh yes i've heard about this one yeah so uh, if you like reading books along those lines i would highly recommend uh you and the listeners to read maybe you should talk to someone what an insightful book it's not just a book for people who uh are just reading it but it's also a great book for people who are training to be psychologists and therapists and counselors so great book a lot of my notes are in that book it's it's an amazing book one should definitely read it if they are interested in psychology therapy and how therapists need to segregate themselves uh depending again on the environmental context when they are a therapist they are a therapist when they are a client they cannot view themselves from the lens of a therapist so that segregation and how the author lets us into her personal life and viewing things from her lens but three other different lenses so you know all of those things is quite interesting so yeah um so wait how did uh, dance movement therapy happen like isn't how did you decide to focus on that ha so uh, that's how psychology happened it happened in the pandemic it's still going on i hope i can finish my dissertation soon uh-huh. otherwise my degree will be null and void and i'll have to start all over again <laughs> uh dance movement therapy happened because my now sister in law uh suggested that idea to okay me. she said why don't you try this out i know someone from my school who started this uh, you know um uh, you have these groups right where you can become a member uh, of different disciplines and things like that so she had started uh, an association for dance movement therapy and mm. i was just going through her page and then i was uh, very interested ki ki hota kya hai and i knew i wanted to do something when i so when i realized i don't think i can be a performer i still had that inkling ki mere ko dance mein kuch karna hi hai i want to be able to help people heal that's what was in my mind i want people to use their bodies to uh, work towards healing themselves mainly mm. because i wanted to do that for myself so i thought once i'm able to kind of get there i want to be able to use this and give this power to other people that's what was going on in my head of course things have changed now so when i read about dance movement therapy i realized this is exactly what i imagined you know me doing mm. so uh i told my parents ki you know uh, i think this is very interesting i want to give this a shot let's see like and they were not so they were not dismissive of the idea they weren't overtly supportive of it either they just said okay give yourself some time and then mm. see but in my head it was very clear because i not only had a learned kathak i was also studying psychology and the next step for me was to combine both the disciplines and see where that takes me so mm-hmm. dance movement therapy felt like a combination of the two disciplines dance okay. and psychology 
I looked up more in terms of courses in dance movement therapy and uh, I found two to three courses but uh, I also found Tata Institute of Social Sciences which did something to my brain because in 2016 my father really wanted me to go to Tata Institute of Social Sciences to study their five-year undergrad postgrad course unka jo hota hai in social sciences and I did not get through it I don't and like I told you, I just did not have any academic inclination ever. I don't have that gene also in which my parents have. My parents are great in terms of academics. In fact, my brother is also more academically inclined than me. He's an engineer. So I will give him that. Okay. I am the first generation artist in my family. There has been no one before me. And I don't think there'll be anybody after me to carry forward this legacy of mine <laughs> be mine and mine alone so i thought okay this uh this seems like a nice place it has a reputation of its own you know and i was like i have to go here like this is the place i want to go if i ever do dance movement therapy so i started following all these dance movement therapy pages and um one random day um last year 2022 i i was um trying to kill time because i did not have work so i found these uh, tiny tiny internships through intern shala so i was doing content writing so every day i had to submit a thousand word article on a range of topics the topics were you know 10 uh, tips to get glowing skin <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So topics like that, and I was not getting um, paid. Like I, I got honestly speaking, I got chiller for it. <laughs> and uh, it was still something in my account because I mean I was getting money. I needed money. I desperately needed money at that time because there's so there's only so much you know you can uh, rely on your parents for after a certain age. I feel. And everybody around me was becoming financially independent. And here I was asking my parents for money. And it I really took it upon myself that I have to become independent. This, that. And uh, I shut myself because of it. I stopped going out. I was isolated. I was like, if I don't have money, I can't do this. If I don't have money, I can't do that. And I can't ask my parents again and again for money. So uh, I was interning and uh, my sister-in-law just said, uh, Nenika, why are you doing this? I said, it's because, of, it's because I'm getting money. Like I'm, I'm being able to work on my writing skills, sure. But I'm getting some money. Like I have some opportunity. So she said, but is this what you want to do? I said, no, I mean, I don't want to write about, you know, beauty and fitness and things like that. That's not my calling. I have my dance and I want to do something in that. She said, I think you should just quit your internship and look at this dance movement therapy course and start working towards this instead of, you know, doing whatever you're doing. My dad was also there. Mom was also there. My brother was also there. So my dad said, I think my dad is very blunt. He just said, I think this is a waste of time. You're not gaining anything out of writing these blog posts. 
if anything you're just on tight schedules all the time like he would uh, so my, uh, so the person i was working under i would get a topic and i had to submit a 1000 to 1500 word article within the end of the day oh wow okay that's yeah. crazy yeah 1500 words that and there were research guidelines like first 10 pages i have to go through find things there's a whole plagiarism check there's this and that and uh, grammar tonality you they also wanted a proper like a perfect grammarly score so that you know all of those things okay so i told i called up this person and i told them ki i want to quit i can't do this um i will not show up from this uh, from the coming week you uh, i will i will whatever work for a week after this much say nahi hoga so this person said are you sure but you're doing so well and i'm like yeah but i'm not learning anything na i'm not being paid enough also to be very honest with you <laughs> it's not doing anything yeah. and honestly this is not my plan fair and i told them that my plan is to study dance therapy i want to take this up i want to work in this field and i feel like now is the time for me to kind of find my direction so um, yeah they said okay obviously they were very dejected you know like another intern gone types so, <laughs> um, i mean whatever pending work there was i did i got paid uh ended everything cut all comms from them and then i started working towards dance therapy so that's how dance therapy happened i got the prelim okay and then there was an interview round okay and uh, there were many people like i'm sure there would have been over 100 applicants for that course because it's a short term course and for me this is synonymous with cutthroat competition yeah <laughs> yeah that's true i i had everything again met the basic requirements but again i did not know if i would get in or not and i was told that if you don't get in this year it's okay you will definitely get in next year because at least you'll have an experience of what the interview process is like which again is important that that was also a lesson for me that i don't have to achieve anything and everything in that moment i can go through the process learn and then restart mm but i don't know um it happened i got in through the first attempt only i got through the prelim i i mean they do a form scan and things like that then they check if you're a good fit and the forms are quite like i mean like every other educational institution i suppose but then i never went to a proper educational institution i mean i never went to a college to be so um i did not know like how you answer why do you want to study this what will you gain out of it is so for me it's like mereko bas padhna hai I want to do it because I want to do it. Is how do I find a purpose and everything? But I did something. I got in. They took my interview. I was the first person who joined, and I had a three-hour waiting. You know the place where I'm sitting right now. Yeah. I was sitting here three hours, did not move, and there were seven people who came after me, but they were called before me. I'm just sitting, 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 and my parents are, you know, outside. Like, हो गया, हो गया. I said, नहीं, पता नहीं, कब होगा. 
and then i had to i i was also controlling my pee very badly and i had to shrew <laughs> and i'm just sitting like you know what if they call me and then i was like acha chhodo i'll just go to the washroom and i'll come back i went to the washroom as soon as i entered the washroom i heard my name oh my god oh god god oh no and then i i unmuted my mic i said i'm just coming please give me a minute and i was so nervous <laughs> when then i came back i had to take 30 seconds to calm down and the interview process went really well i told them uh, ma'am i'm really nervous so there were three four people i told them you know i'm really nervous and the first thing they said was if you're nervous you're doing a really good job of showing confidence that is very important and then i became very confident and i was very open and this person asked me if we call you will you as a yeah yeah i'll come i didn't wait for him to finish the question i, I i'll come mai aungi you just have to call me i'll show up with my bags also outside your educational institution please take <laughs> i was so desperate to get into that course but it happened and honestly um dance therapy is the reason why i'm back in kathak if it weren't for dance therapy i would not have restarted kathak that course really uh, you know like yes mentors so mentors definitely make a lot of difference but uh, there are just some things you know like that sh- uh, bring a shift in you in terms of you know self awareness and things like that dance therapy did that for me um there were a lot of concepts that people don't talk about otherwise you know uh, guilt shame trauma all these things how these are actually stored in the body like emotions being yeah. stored in the body yeah then be- which i did not realize till i started doing yoga because i have really stiff hips and i was told that apparently like if you have like for women like the emotion your emotions get stored in your hips which is something i did not know so that was like a huge i was like oh wow so this is where all the pent up feelings go exactly and um, you know uh, initially movement free movement was very difficult for me even in my interview they said you have to show us 3 minutes of free movement hmm it's up to you if you want to use music or not and i like some brave heart said no i will not use music you know at least music helps you guide into movement i said nay i will move in silence and the first thing i did was i turned my back and i'm just thinking what do i do what do i do what do i do and then in our classes you know moving with 60 other people on a screen everyone's in dabbas and then we had uh, f- um, instrumentals and we were given cues and we had to move and then they brought props for us to work more with movement all of that it brought a shift in me it brought a shift in the process of movement for me and that alone was enough for me to uh, convince myself to get back to dancing for one year i had not done kathak as an after kathak kendra i had not done kathak i did not uh, go back to my training i didn't revisit my learnings i just thought i don't i don't think i can do it 
but it is through dance movement therapy and you know understanding a lot of things about myself about the society and how it impacts you that i realized that i was also being really harsh on myself you know sometimes people think you're not doing anything but actually for me it was that i was not being able to do anything because i was so harsh on myself all throughout i never gave myself the space that other people gave me to learn and grow and make mistakes i was so scared of making mistakes that for me it was like if i am not the best i will not do it which is something that people i'm sure a lot of people struggle with that if i'm not good then i will not get there yeah so even that's also the case with me with writing ki uh, i could not get myself to be a professional writer because i'm not a writer i haven't gone to a school i haven't gotten any education in creative writing yeah. like that but um, yeah dance therapy uh, changed a lot for me uh, i actually started conversing with my family more freely because of dance therapy it brought really yeah it brought a shift in my interpersonal relationships and the dynamics with people around me and i became more empathetic and sensitive and it is also through dance movement therapy that i started therapy uh and that i start not just individual counseling but group therapy so see it was a requirement from the course uh that it was a requirement for the course also that you have to undergo therapy to be able to practice a form of therapy but um honestly undergoing therapy was one of the greatest things to have happened to me in 2022 and 23 and um that changed a lot for me i was going through so much and um now my relationships are a lot better with the people around me i would say because the relationship with myself is improved over time so everything actually starts from you provided you have the privileges and the resources to help you get there of course but yeah so no i mean more power to you obviously with everything that you're doing um but you know something i also again uh, heard from the kathak podcast that you did um which where you were talking about um dance versus dance movement therapy in the sense that how one can be therapeutic but the other is actual therapy um can you speak a little bit about that because i think this is something a lot of people do you know are conflicted about or do get confused by that oh if you're doing something creative it's therapeutic so then why do you need a form of therapy with it in the first place right that's something that keeps coming up so how would you kind of address that hmm so uh, the feeling of something being therapeutic is very different from actual therapy because therapy is not roses it's not amazing like wow life has changed no uh if i take my example because now i'm okay talking about myself um movement uh, so dancing and art in general can be very therapeutic it can be very cathartic also it can uh, reduce a lot of stress in your body it can make you feel lighter it can make you feel more jovial i would give that sure but uh, when i started therapy 
I individual counseling to be very uh, to be more specific out of uh, 6 sessions because I had to undergo 6 sessions I must have cried in 4 if not 5 so there was a lot to unpack in terms of um, you know um, my issues so to speak whether it was the relationship i had with myself it whether it was the relationship i had with people around me my relationship with my career my studies um my health for that matter because i have pcod and um, that takes a toll on your body like if you if you're not careful with the things you do pcod or pcos can really affect women adversely right so there was a lot for me to unpack in therapy and i did not realize the importance of uh therapy the importance of a safe non judgmental space in fact um, you know we're so we're also so used to being prim and proper because of uh society and for me it was because of my dancing that i felt like i had to carry myself a certain way you know i had to look a certain way i had to uh, feel a certain way if i, I mean sometimes uh, i felt like gratitude was forced upon like you know like how people feed gratitude to you and you have to be grateful you have to be grateful i did not have that gratitude or gratefulness in me nahi tha and it took me a lot of time to come around the fact that it's okay to not be grateful 24 by 7 you don't have to practice mindfulness 24 by 7 you don't have to meditate and be calm and sometimes when you do that you're suppressing a lot of emotions in you that need to be let out and therapy was that for me so therapeutic um can be so that's where i think i would differentiate between something feeling therapeutic and something being actual therapy even in dance therapy you know like how you mentioned trauma being stored in the hips for women yeah right yeah. so to be able to move your hips freely also that can feel therapeutic and therapeutic um can uh matlab eventually it will make you feel more comfortable lighter that's my understanding of what is therapeutic um but therapy is so much more than feeling therapeutic it is acknowledging that you have all these emotions in you and that you have to put in a lot of work to you know come to terms with who you are and make room for change and growth and improvement feeling therapeutic can be an initial step towards seeking therapy true i agree if i would have put it like that so yeah yeah that's amazing and finally we've come towards the end and we always end with these last two questions so the first one is um you know what are your aspirations what are you looking forward to in the near or distant future this can be personal professional creative whatever i haven't thought about it but uh, uh, if i were to uh, uh, be very instinctive uh, with my answer um it is to honestly take each day as it comes and i i, I do have some projects in my pipeline 
I do have a recording in the month of October towards the end of October and there will be a performance that will be uh, premiered by the end of this month and uh, I have another project coming up by the end of this year hopefully if it works out or early next year and uh, apart from that I want to continue taking classes online and offline I do teach online uh, as well yeah so I want to continue taking online and offline classes I want to get done with my dissertation for real I'm really putting out that I want to finish my dissertation anyhow Um, and um, I want to find more opportunities for performing as well as practicing dance movement therapy because I want to explore the professional side of dance therapy. Yeah, and more power to you. And like I always said, I see on this show that, you know, I, I always encourage my guests to just put out whatever they want. So it's like manifesting it. For some of them, some of those things have come true. So fingers crossed, everything you wish for also comes true for you, for sure. Um, but yeah, final question. I, like we spoke about a lot, actually, I, I think just in terms of life and experiences. Um, but you know still what is a sort of piece of advice or learning you'd like to share with people something you just wish people were more aware of again this can be personal professional creative whatever it is a piece of learning that I think I would like to share is a piece of learning that I got from my first guru when I was watching her interview very recent oh okay yeah and she said that the generation our generation has a lot of uh, resources to do what they want achieve what they want and work towards the things that they really want to work for you know we have so many avenues today like uh, up until 25 years ago dance movement therapy was not a thing in india it's come now right you can actually do a course on anything or make anything a professional avenue. You can actually monetize off of anything thanks to the internet, thanks to consumption of content. The only uh, issue that we, including myself, that we have as a generation, as a collective, is that we don't have the patience for it. The world has become so fast paced that we cannot like you know kind of hold back ourselves a little and see things from like a third person or get like a larger view of things we don't zoom out enough and we don't have the patience to zoom out either so if we all have a little bit of patience to work towards the things we want to work towards that can make a lot of difference so yeah patience and um, zooming out and uh, on that note of enlightenment we have come to the end of this interview but uh, honestly more power to you Nanika I have so much respect for honestly classical dancers in general 
um fun fact maybe not so fun fact uh, i've learned bharatanatyam for 5 years and i knew that it was not for me <laughs> so like my mom's done her arangetam and stuff and she was very keen that i learn uh, which never happened because i was like not for me and i had to like take that call but you know so much i have so much respect for classical dancers because of that because i understand the kind of rigor you guys have to go through in the sort of you know discipline and practice and you know and it's amazing that you've managed to kind of find other avenues uh, for yourself so truly you know more power to you thank you so much for being on the show it was really lovely talking to you it was a very long conversation but i think it was a very meaningful conversation so thank you so much i hope this was good for you thank you so much for having me sangeeta um yes very long conversation um I guess I hope the listeners don't skip. I mean, if you do, I understand. I do it too. But um, yeah, it was it was lovely having uh, you know uh, you being able to sit and actually talk about the things that uh, we wanted to talk about, or at least I wanted to talk about. I speak for myself, and uh, all the best for your future episodes. And uh, I hope the Closet Writer Chronicles becomes a big, big. thing and you know like it gets all the attention it deserves so thank you so much for having me thank you so much for being here so that was my conversation with nanika mukherjee i really enjoyed recording this it was a really long conversation but i think it was a really meaningful and insightful one i learned a lot about the world of kathak we had a really interesting discussion on mentorship psychology therapy mental health and there's some really cool recommendations for books which i urge you to check out closing this episode with an excerpt from a blog post written and narrated by nanika i hope you enjoyed the show and i'll see you next week with a new guest and a new chronicle to share talk soon for the longest time i have resorted to diary entries and writing in journals to declutter my mind especially in times of distraught and distress i took that practice and started a blog in 2012 where i mostly wrote about quote unquote painful and quote unquote turbulent teenage years the frustration of constantly being misunderstood and other conflicting emotions i could have removed my embarrassing blog posts and continued writing but i took the whole blog down the day i turned 18 I believed the fear of negative judgment was far too overpowering for me to take blogging forward. Cut to 2018 when my father kept pitching the idea of starting this blog continuously. I was reluctant because of my mediocre writing skills. Mediocrity is a concept I have always associated myself with from the get-go. From academics to Kathak, knowing and accepting that i am not at par with my fellow batchmates was a perpetual obtrusive feeling that silently moved and merged with my shadows moreover being mediocre took a toll on my intrinsic motivation thus believing that my qualities or talents had no real value in 2019 while other students at kathakendra were preparing for their exams i was in the library as usual i had a notebook and a pen For some reason I went through every page in that notebook where I stumbled upon some rough notes based on articles I read on the Hindu and the Vayu. While I cannot seem to remember the content mentioned in those notes, I do remember making more notes based on my existing notes. 
I spent hours and hours writing whatever was on my mind and in no time had I filled nearly four to five pages. That moment filled with solitude and non-judgment led me to restart a blog which led to the inception of The Movement Seeker. I posted my first blog nearly three years ago with the intent to write as I feel. My lack of consistency on this page may not sit well with some people and others may not seem to care about this page. However, none of this has affected my joy to continue writing on this blog. Six months ago when I started writing this piece, I wanted to talk about the tangible outcomes of writing that have left a positive impact, such as thinking clearer, expressing better, phrasing my sentences more articulately, and even landing a part-time job as a writer for a university. But today, as I pick it up from where I left it, I realize that a lot has changed. The outcomes are not so much about the skills I have picked compared to the emotional realizations that have made a difference. I find calm and peace in being a slow and lazy writer on this blog. Maybe it balances out the need for urgency, especially in a fast-paced world, to complete a task tick things off a checklist and get things done just for the sake of it. Maybe it provides a sense of agency, autonomy and freedom, which I could not find or exercise during my formative years. As daunting as it seems, I am forever in awe of the power of writing. It brings thoughts and concepts to life. It helps break free from the inhibitions of witnessing something intangible take a tangible form. The entire process is exciting and it is only a matter of time till you become comfortable with this idea. Over time, writing has become an integral part of my day-to-day functioning. It is an outlet that allows me to be amidst all phases. On my good days, it fills me with gratitude. And on my worst days, it lets me be an inconsolable emotional wreck. Despite the changes in my writing style, its personal essence remains intact.